Hello, hello, hello. This is Self-Discovery with Survivor Empower Life Coach Financial. I am your host, Alicia. I'm a certified life coach and an accountant. I'm also certified in the state of Connecticut to assist individuals in an active domestic violence case and sexual abuse situation. I am also a survivor of domestic violence myself. Self-Discovery is here to assist survivor in rediscovering themselves through my podcast with relevant topic where we discuss how, why, and solution. And before we get started, I want you to get your pencil, paper, and pen, and notebook, and write down what resonates with you. You know, as we speak to survivors, I um, just a warning there might be triggers because I know for some people, listeners to someone's story can trigger, but I also know listeners to somebody's story can give you the tools you need to make the decision you need to move forward. And just be mindful if it's a little too much for you, dip out. You can always come back and listen to it, or you can just listen to another episode. But um, I got a beautiful lady here that I met at the 2022 Nas National Conference for Domestic Violence. It's the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, and they have a conference every year. And I had the pleasure and the honor of meeting this young lady. She won an award. Um, I'm gonna let her tell you all about it. Serena, let's give her a moment and applaud. Yay, Serena, introduce yourself, please. And let me know if I push your name or not. <laughs> okay, hi. Yep, it's Serena, like the tennis player, only I'm spelling it a little bit different. And I have the name first. So <laughs> my name is Serena Martin. I am... Um, I like to say from victim to survivor, now advocate and CEO. So that's kind of a journey. That's a mouthful. That's a, that's a little bit of a journey. And, and, and I can just say I've came a long way. I'm very different than I was in the very first part of that journey where it was victim. So that's kind of why we're here today. Just I really believe in telling and being transparent to save lives, you know, I'm hoping that somebody who is maybe giving up or saying, I can't do it, or I'm not worthy, can take something from what we talk about today and just give them that just little piece of hope to do better, be better, and to be safe. Okay, so Serena, tell us, um, tell us about your situation. You can start wherever you feel. Well, I am a person I didn't grow up with domestic violence. So I don't really consider myself like generational. I did grow up with some other things, um, other trauma and different things like that. But I did not grow up even knowing what domestic violence was. And I am that person that didn't really realize it until kind of the end. And I think that's very common with a lot of survivors like I hear people say, oh, we got into it. We were fighting, you know, those things. Um, it's domestic violence, you know, and it was for me as well. Um, I was that person married, this, that, and the other. And then I went through a divorce, very just hurtful, just a time of, you know, I really didn't know what was 
going on, you know, we think of marriage to last forever, this, that, and the other. Mine didn't. That was a whole production in itself. And in the midst of that, I got involved in a relationship that was very unhealthy mm-hmm. from A to Z. I mean, we're talking verbal name calling, um, saying you'll be nothing. I had two children, you know, nobody's going to want you. You've got kids already. I was, I mean, I was 50 pounds lighter than I am now. They were calling me fat. And I'm thinking, oh, wow. To put it out there, she looks fabulous. (laughs) Thank you. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And they were a big person. So since those mind games and a lot of that, just mental, just draining. Um, and it got physical. Um, the physical, I just, I was a little bitty thing. I was 115 pounds. They were close to 300. And that doesn't even matter. But in my situation, it it's a part of it because it's intimidating. It was, um, there was fear. There was all these things. And I was I wasn't raised as a fighter, you know. I tried to be a little lady most of my life and resolve things without physical violence. I wasn't one, you know, that had a lot of fights in school. I well, I had some. We we'll go yeah, there. But I'm just saying, I, you know, as an adult, those are that's just not the way we handle things. And I wasn't really that's not something that I ever wanted to do, especially not with somebody who is your intimate partner, supposed to have your back, supposed to be your best friend, supposed to help you with your children, supposed to uplift and support you. So that, it was all just, I'm like, what in the world is this? This is all new. And then I look back and I think, you know, I had one good friend, she was going through it. And I I can apologize to her even to this day. I probably did everything wrong, but I was passionate and I, was protective. Mm-hmm. I didn't give her choices. I called the police on my own. I did, you know, and I, I just didn't know. So that's part of my story too. Just really learning, you know, a person needs to do things in their time. A person needs to do things their way. And now as an advocate, I, I know those things and I like to share and teach and educate on those things because we can be harmful when we're trying to help. Yes. And that's, yeah, nobody needs that. Telling them what to do, when to do, how to do. They need to come to decisions on their own mm-hmm. and they need to feel empowered about those decisions. And more likely, that's the way that they will move forward with those decisions. When you're making a forum, they're like, what the heck is this? I'm not, well, you put them in the I'm same not even a part of it. In. You put them in the same <clears> position <throat> that they're currently in, because usually in the domestic, the power struggle, and the person whom they're with is more likely in control and trying to keep control. And so now they go to you for help, and you also is in a power struggle with them without even realizing it by now taking control of their life. And... I usually feel give people the tool and educate them. They're able to make good decisions if they have the tools. And the most important things, they know their abuser better than anybody else can. So no one outside can tell them what the abuser will do to them. They know if they take a chance and they didn't plan correctly, it can cost them their life. And they know what they need 
in order to sustain themselves after that leave after leaving that relationship. So there's so many other questions based on ethnic, based on where they're from, based on, you know, there's so many things, because there's so many things that's traditional in each different ethnic group that come into play in decision making when it comes to separating the family. So that is a big thing. But I do want to ask you, what made you end up with this person? What attracted you to this person that you were with after leaving your husband? Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Just, and just gotta be honest. I don't know if it was boredom Mm -hmm. and not just that, but it's like, I wasn't like, okay, I want to date again or anything like that. I trusted this person. This person actually was um, very close to my, let's just say the person that I work with. Mm -hmm. So I kind of trusted them. And, you know, you're thinking, oh, they must be similar to this person. And this person was, these were stalking behaviors. As I was married, I knew this person. Yeah. They were, I was married. They knew that they didn't really cross the line, but every now and then they would call and just, um, call me at work and just, um, I don't know. It was really strange. And I'd be like, you know, I'm married. I'm not, you know, involved in all that. One day I was no longer married and that call came in and I'm like, well, well, why not? Let's go out. Let's have some fun. And I really just needed some fun. I need, I was really sad and lonely. Um, I have been in a relationship for many, many years, marriage, Mm -hmm. and um, I was not healed. Okay. You were looking for distraction. Um, Yeah, I was not. I wanted that distraction. I wanted to ease that pain and embarrassment. I was like, even while I was in that relationship, people were still thinking I was married and I'm like, oh, you know, it was just a whole mess. I don't know. Um, Yeah, it was a really bad time and trying to like just cover up Mm -hmm. and not really focus on me. I was more focused on, you know, having fun and maybe just hearing nice things. It's so this uh, romantic and this um, gentleman and what do they call it? Your knight in shining army. It literally was that. Like literally many of the things that I, you know, I didn't go out married. It was more family things, more birthday. I wasn't, not saying we didn't go anywhere, but, you know, we know how it is in the beginning. They're whining and dining, taking you all these nice places, gifts, flowers, you know, all that reel you in stuff yes you know yes and we we, it pulls on our heartstrings a little bit and we get to feeling real good about it and we should we deserve nice things nice dates we deserve all of that but from the right person Mm -hmm. i really didn't um you know it it all kind of happened really fast and i just by not being healed and in a good space, it happened. I, I was like, I didn't even want to tell anybody we were dating. I, it just was happening. And I was letting it, allowing it to happen, but I wasn't present. Mm-hmm. I feel now when I look back, I feel like I was somebody looking at this happening to them. It wasn't me. 
I was just kind of like, go and on with the flow. For you're, a in while. Zone. you're in a zone, you're and coming then, out of a divorce and yeah, it's just there to supplement, to fill the gap temporarily until you are able to make that crossover, but they took advantage. One question yes. I'll have to ask you, that friend, did you think that person always shown that he possibly liked you to that friend? So that's why he knew that your marriage was coming to an end. And that's why he would call regularly because you knew that day was coming. Based I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. And I've had like other grown folks where men were involved conversations mm-hmm. and they said that, that a man will wait. And, you know, for that moment, that weak moment or that divorce moment or that breakup moment, they're that they'll be right there. You're, you're on their shoulder. They'll pat you, dry your tears. They, they, they're going in for it, especially people that um, have behaviors of abuse. Yeah. It's like predatory almost. And I'm, you know, I'm not trying to name call or put titles on it. I'm just telling it like it is like, and I've noticed it in as an advocate and hearing other women's stories and other survivors stories. This is very typical where it's like this cat and mouse type thing. It's almost predator, you know, predator, like waiting in the midst of how they're going to kind of squeeze in. Well, it's all about, it's all about getting the person at a vulnerable time. You know, when I think about people who strive on weaker people in weaker moment is known the opportunity and they either find these people, they either can, there's different type. If you're well-kept and well-groomed and in a nice place, they either, either they work with you and they get to know you or they have friends of friends and friends talks about friends. And if your friend talk, oh, I have a beautiful friend here and she's nice and I'm sure I've seen pictures. Oh, but she's going through a bad marriage right now. That person here is my perk up. And then they're more interested. And the thing is to know me is to live with me. So that friend will never know the inside of this person because I don't think so. If they've never dated them or seen them in that capacity, they wouldn't know what they're actually like when it becomes a partner but yeah. I'm glad so how did this impact your children from leaving from a home with their dad to this person did his behavior was it in the bedroom only where he was mean or was it all the time even in the same space with your kids and I'm really glad you asked that question because we think our kids don't know things they know everything I have apologized to my children many a times and just, you know, it was not intentional. And no, I didn't have them around that much, mm-hmm. but they, like I said, they know everything. Mm-hmm. Your kids know everything. You're not hiding it. You think you are, you're not. And I, I'm living proof, I can, you're not. They know so much. They're very smart. They're very on it. They know you, first of all, mm-hmm. and they know your behaviors. You know, I was in school even at the time and, you know, trying to get through it. I remember my college, one time they called all 
my college professors. It was just embarrassing. You know, I was one of those people that I embarrass very, very easily, or I'm just, you know, I just don't like my business out there. So that was another thing that really fueled their behavior. They knew I wasn't going to tell nobody. They knew I wasn't going to ask for help. They knew I wanted to keep it quiet. And they were like, yeah. You're a winner. I'm telling you, I have different clients that I work with because I'm a life coach. And one of the things when the client finally decides to speak up, that's where their significant other gets rattled. Because they know the day they decide to speak up, that means they're serious in the action they're about to take. Yeah. And that that is just so true. Once I was done, I was just done. I told the whole world I didn't care anymore. It was, you should be embarrassed, not me. I remember, and I tell people all the time, you know, every, you're lying to yourself. <clears throat> I thought my friends and family and sisters and nobody knew. Oh, they know. My mother didn't know she was not in town. And oh. I really did hide it from her. And I, But we've had this conversation. But I remember, if I may, one time being at, the DMV and I'm wearing sunglasses and my brother-in-law comes up and he's a good friend of mine as well. My sister's husband and knowing him, you know, he's been, they've been together 30 years, whatever. So I'm in the DMV. I got these glasses on. It's probably a rainy day or whatever, but it was too obvious. And he's just like, whenever you're ready, you don't have to go through that anymore. And I was like, oh, man, I'm busted. <laughs> yeah, I'm busted. Like, you, you, and, and I, you know, I'm not normally, I don't consider myself a liar. I don't like lying, but I was lying. Mm-hmm. I remember a security guard asked me a question one time at work. And I was like, oh, the car door or whatever those, it just popped out. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible. I'm lying for this person's behavior, not not even my own lie, mm-hmm. but to but cover it up to, and to keep it ashamed. under wraps. Because you were ashamed, it wasn't even about them; more about you. It was you not being comfortable, and the fact that you not realizing that finding yourself in this situation, and you feel the need to. How do I explain why am I in this situation? So yeah. therefore, I can't be in this situation. So you have to lie. But uh, yeah, I'm you got I out. didn't like that. How long did it take you to get out? And what steps did you take to get out? Oh, man. You know, it was years. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it was three maybe three going on four years okay. before it was like, absolutely. And I want to say it was that three, almost four years. And I looked in the mirror and I'm like, this is domestic violence. I looked at my face and I had braids missing. I had micro braids. And, you know, that was the one time I think it was the one and only time I called the police. When we're talking about when you're done, you're done and you're finally ready. I called the police. They came. But I, something with my, I don't even, you know, spend some years, thank God. But I remember just looking in the mirror and I had my cell phone for whatever reason with me. I was locked myself in the bathroom 
-hmm. And I called the police and then they came and they took pictures and they were just like, this is horrific. Mm -hmm. This is terrible, you know? And that, that was it. That was it. That day I just knew, you know, you're fearful for your life. I think there had probably even been, you know, maybe worse incidents, mm-hmm. but this one, for some reason, it was like, no, I can't do this anymore. Good. You know, I can't. And that when they say it takes eight to 10 times or 12 times or 20 times to leave, it's the truth. Yes. People need to really realize that it's not that somebody doesn't want to leave. Maybe they don't know how, mm-hmm. where was I going? And I've always worked mm-hmm. and I'm not saying anything about anybody who doesn't or hasn't because it was, I worked, but I didn't, um, I don't know if I just didn't have the strength to leave and get my own place or whatever it was. It took time. It took time for me to really just process it, come up with a plan, come up with the money yes. and go. And thank God I was in school. I think I got a refund check and I hit it. Good. I was calling around, looking for places. And, but I mean, when I left, and that was another weird incident, he, he had packed up the whole house. Like he was leaving or something. I was like, oh, I was so excited. You know, like, okay, I don't, you know, I don't have anything, but we can finally just, mm-hmm. but you know, they don't leave, you know. No, they he don't. And he just wanted to like apologize over and over and over and over and over. And I'm like, just take the stuff. I don't leave. I got my clothes. I got my kids' clothes. You know, they were kind of distant and I had to, I have to really, handed to my sisters. They really, they were protective. They kept the kids. I would like have to leave sometimes and just go, Mm -hmm. but they were safe. They were with my daughters Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it's, it's a process when people say, just leave, what are you doing? You don't deserve that. This, that it's not that maybe somebody doesn't know that. Are you going to pay their rent? Are you going to pay their security rent? Are you going to buy them new furniture? Maybe are you going to drive them to work every day? You know, these are, sounds like material things, but in a survivor mode, when you have nothing and your relationship's haywire and your feelings are haywire, just saying that's just almost taking somebody, just it just makes you feel worse. Yes. It's Why won't you just leave? It's support. I tell people all the time, the best way to help a friend who's in a domestic situation is to be patient. Be patient and just listen and don't judge. Don't be so quick to say, if I were you, I would do A, B, and C, because I tell people, I tell my client all the time, the dynamic that that person is having with that other person only can happen with them. If you were to move one of the players at another player, the situation would be different what take place, that situation only will occur with those two people. That means you can't tell me about your friend, Bill, Bob, Joe, Mary, Tatia, whoever you want. It's not the same dynamic. And you cannot say you did this with yours and you got away. 
maybe yours in the field, you were worth going to jail for, so it didn't come after you. That person's situation might be different. So we have to hear when our friends are in trouble, listen to them, give them information and sit back and be there when they make that decision to walk away. And if they don't make that decision, if you keep helping them pour into themselves, because when you feel better about yourself, you're able to make better decisions for yourself. So people out there, patient, be non-judgmental is the best thing. Even though you're gonna get frustrated, be patient and don't be so quick to judge. Yeah, it's just so true because I, you know, you think back and you think it's going to be, you know, your BFF or whatever, that person. And a lot of times it's not, it could actually be a stranger. I, I don't know who helped me besides God and praying and just like, you know what, I know this is, I gotta leave and what can I do? And just asking God for help and for support and for strength. And, you know, I did a lot of prayer by myself mm -hmm. and just like, you know, protect me, help me get through this, you know, give me guidance, give me the knowledge, give me this, you know, budgeting and all these things. Like it was like a process I remember even calling a local shelter and in desperate, I was ready to go. Like I was a desperate, I didn't know how it worked this that, or the other, but I did call. And it was, this is probably the day when I decided I'm gonna be an advocate. And they said to me, if you can't get here by five, we can't help you. And I was like, dang. I worked till five and I just didn't even, it never even crossed my mind to leave work early. And I'm like, you know, I need my money. I need to get, you know, what if this doesn't work out? You know, and, and I'm in survivor mode. Yes. But those words were like, I finally got the courage to call somebody and get some help. And that, and that just, it ruined it for me. So I'm like, well, there's no help. You know, I didn't really realize it, it wasn't the time. You got to realize when somebody's in survivor mode, every word you say to them, they just, they, they hold it on to it. And they, you know, I didn't ask them about other services they had or this, that I know what I needed right then. And I needed somebody's support, even just different wording mm -hmm. could have been different. You know what? Oh, you work till five. Okay, let's figure this out. But it was like a yes or no. It was black or white to me. And I, that wasn't what I needed right there and then. And it, then again, you're like, well, why did I even tell anybody? What's the point? Yeah. I got to figure this out on my own. And eventually I did, you know, and I'm not blaming anybody pointing figures, this, that, and the other, but I'm just, empathy and patience is just, um, it's essential. It's the only thing that somebody needs. Being in survivor mode, maybe somebody has never been in that. And it doesn't even mean just domestic violence. You could be survivor mode for a lot of things. Yes. But if somebody is telling you and you know they're dealing with domestic violence, please, your words are just 
that could be the last time they ask. Yeah, it's life and death, how you approach them and how you accept them and make them feel comfortable that you care because it's what about, you could say, you know, something, they, the, the building closed and the reason it closed at five o'clock is because we want to make sure everybody is safe. But what we can do for you, where do you work? What, you know, give you other suggestions and feel, let's, co let's come, as you said, come up with a plan. And I know, I know in New York and, um, Connecticut, they offer these things now. They, they're, they're, they're training them and they're becoming more flexible. Which mm -hmm. is but I want to ask you another important question. Sure. How did your ex-husband deal with that situation knowing that you were in this situation and his kids might be exposed to it? Was that an issue? Um, it was not. And again, the secrecy. Mm -hmm. they, I'm sure they didn't know nothing about it. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't know nothing about it. You kept it from him. So he never was concerned feeling that, oh, my kids are in danger because their mom. No, he wasn't the one to go to, you know, after the divorce. It wasn't like we kept real. Okay, you were just cut. Um, I would never confide in him. I don't think okay. he would ever confide in me either. Okay. He had moved on another relationship and clearly I had moved on mm -hmm. um, a little later. Um. And again, people are defining it differently. Mm -hmm. Getting into it is not the same as saying I'm in a domestic violence relationship. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I remember even telling, you know, even if I did say something, I never was like, hey, I'm in a domestic violence relationship or I'm being Nobody abused. says that. Nobody, Nobody says that. So Nobody you need to be ears open. Yes. Getting into it means... What does that mean to you versus what does that mean to this person? Can you tell me a little bit more about that or getting into it? What, you know, we need to, nobody asked. And, and nobody, what it is, you know, I usually ask people, you know, when I speak to them, as people call me, because when people call me to coach them, it doesn't have to, have to be domestic violence, but I listen to their conversation. And if they bring up their significant other being a little harsh and stuff like that, I'll ask them, so do you feel safe? And I say it in a way where they don't take offense to it. Because mm -hmm. safe doesn't mean that he's pounding on you. It could be the intimidation. It could be whatever. But I don't give it a name. I just ask, do you feel safe? And then we go from there. But no one introduced himself when they're in the midst of the storm and the crisis because you're in the middle of it, you cannot identify it. You just know that you're not happy, whether it be emotionally, mentally, and physically, things are not working and there's dysfunction and chaos around yeah. you. And nobody wants to talk about it unless it's physical violence. Yes. I can't go to the court and say, I'm feeling intimidated. I'm feeling- You can now, you can now, but you I have mean, to- Go sit your butt down, go talk to a cop, you know, Yes. I can't go to the police and say, no, you can't. Maybe verbal, but they're not going to take it as serious as they do if I'm there with a black eye and a busted lip. Mm -hmm. They take domestic violence seriously when it's physical. Yes. I can't say I'm being financially abused. He's taking my phone or um, whatever. You know, financial, this could be so many different things. And I was a victim of a lot of that. Yes. You know, a lot of financial abuse. And that's why I'm very passionate about it right now. But the mental, 
the verbal, the financial, and even sexual abuse. Yes, emotional abuse and everything. Nobody wants to talk about it. Yes. Like, and if they, another advocate or us, we'll talk about it. But if we go asking for help or even trying to get into the shelter and different places, services, Mm -hmm. you're going to get priority if it's physical. Yeah. You have the cops have to be involved, invested, and they have to be pushing the envelope. Um, I remember back in my um, situation, um, because I'm not one to panic when I'm going through chaos because it doesn't help me think clear. I went to the place. She told me, you're too calm. I'm like, huh? You're too calm. So for her, what I took away from that, in order for me to be believe and get the help I need, I need to be hysterical and a lunatic. But mm-hmm. that doesn't bring me calmness and able to move forward. So, but that was over 30 years ago. So I hope they changed, you know, from speaking to different places now, they, they have definitely matured a lot in their mindset, but exactly. um, a problem. And that's, you know, why we do what we do. Even mm-hmm. my situations going on over 10 years. So things have definitely changed. Thank mm-hmm. God. And things can always change. Yes. They can always change. I would not want somebody not asking for help mm-hmm. or finding keep going. Yes. You know, you the first place may not be the one for you, but keep going. You will get some help. Yes. Somebody and you know I, I, we're here that's yeah. why we're trying to be more visible and doing these conversations and things like that. Yes. It may, you know, I got discouraged, but I could have kept going and kept asking and trying to figure it out, but I didn't. So I'm just bringing awareness of that because it may be that one time mm-hmm. there's other people that didn't get a second chance and thank God that I did, but there's, survivors out here or victims out here that didn't get that they made that one call or they reached out to that one person they didn't believe them they reached out that one person oh so-and-so's boys will be boys or relationships have yes trauma no they don't you know there's a there's a thin line here yes so we have to like you said it's very important to really really listen people may not aren't comfortable telling you their whole story they don't know you but a reach out for help can come in so many different ways yes and i want to tell the audience out there you know um sometime you think that because it's not physical because that's a lot of things you know a lot of movie and not again better a lot of movie portray domestic violence as being a physical thing so when the narrative for the country the world speaks and emphasize that so much it takes a long time for other people to hear and understand that there's more than physical even though many agencies are talking about it people don't focus on domestic violence until it's in the news and somebody got killed if it's somebody that just got slapped or punched or it's just somebody who end up on the street because of financial abuse you never hear about it so people are not seeing it out there what's being focused on um, being focused on what's being published is usually the physical and the yep. death, which we do want people to realize those things can happen don't want to take away from those but 
the other parts are not being discussed as much because there's enough advocates out there talking about it, but it's not being picked up enough. So conversation like what we're having now, let people start thinking, let the wheels start spinning. Am I in? Am I in? Am I? Is my friend? Is my exactly. I was a young lady asked me to do like a Zoom. I think she was doing an awareness, just a conversation. It was myself. And then it was um, a young lady who identified herself as a survivor. Mm -hmm. Got to talk and listening. And I'm like, my ears went alert right away. And I'm like, yeah, that's financial abuse. She had never even heard of it. You know, some people don't even know the different forms. So we we need to really, you know, talk about all of it. We yeah. can't just talk about the physical and we can't just talk about the casualties. Yeah. That's a murder. That's like, that's too late. Yes. And the thing about financial abuse, a lot of people get financial abuse, especially that confused with the fact that the woman is working or she have a high paying job. No, it's not about, it's about control. At the end of the day, you could have the best paying job, but you don't have control of your money. Because when your paycheck get cash, it goes in a joint bank account and that person control it and they give you an allowance. So people assume that if the women have a good job, why can't she leave? Because she has no money. What do you mean she has no money? Because she's not controlling it. So we cannot look at somebody and make judgment. No. And assume that these are the steps that they should take because they have these things available to them. And that's not the case at all. A good time, a good percentage of the time. Well, exactly. And even, and I'm being transparent, my financial abuse has, it haunted me for years, even having your name on different things. Mm -hmm. And then the split, you're stuck with that bill or that debt. Too far. Because they don't- Forever or until you can- Pay it off. Credit and or- I, it, it's a nightmare, yeah. you know? They don't care. And that's what makes them so dangerous. They are don't care about the consequences of a lot of their action. And a, because of the system, there is no consequences to some of their action. And a lot of them, this is not their first go around with you. They have done it before. So they have learned from their last interaction what not to do or how to do it better this time around. And so with all those things, because people think their abusers are stupid. No, they're not. They're very smart, very manipulative. You know, they might be lacking a lot of things in the area, but when it comes to their survival skill, because they're also in survival mode, because these people have issues. They're also in survival mode and might even be more desperate than you. So their behavior is more penetrating hardcore because they look at it one of us gonna die but i'm gonna survive and i'm gonna do whatever it takes to you to make sure i survive yeah or that you're miserable yes (laughs) that's another thing misery love company and because they're all leave if they find because some of them not willing to go to jail and so when they leave you, they're going to leave you in the worst condition possible to make sure you regret every minute of the day you either met them and left them. Absolutely. I do say that 
you know, we don't have a punishing God and yes, everything that I've gone through, I say it happened for this moment right here where we're talking. I may not have got it. Like I said, I had a friend that went through it and I did not get it. I, I, I was passionate about it and protective, but I really didn't get it like I do now. Explain that to me. I'm curious. I'm glad you said it because I speak to a lot of people about that. So when you were, when it was on the other shoe that she was having a problem, how did you react to her? I'm curious. I, I was just so fearful. I didn't want nobody hurting her. I didn't take into consideration that it wasn't my call Mm -hmm. to just call the police. It wasn't my call to be like, let's just get somebody to beat them up or whatever the case, you know, I'm coming up with all these suggestions, but I'm not realizing she's not ready to leave yet. She's going home. Mm-hmm. And that's when things can get worse. Now it's out. I know about it. So both of them are embarrassed, but you know, in her case, the abuser, you know, he could take that out on her. Yes. And probably did. And then she's not going to want to tell me anything else. So she's hiding it now, this, that, and the other. So I really, you know, I, and I don't know if I was judgmental. I, you know, apologize to her as well, just for not being informed. I had no idea what I was doing, but I wanted to do something. And I couldn't, it's not up for me to let my emotions override hers. I'm, do you know? Yes. We can't do that. Yes. And it's very hurtful when it's a friend, family member, anybody. And but even as advocates, I have to tone it down because I just, I don't accept domestic violence. I don't like it. But I have to remember, and I can more easily now with empathy because I'm, I know more. I've educated myself and life experience. Yes. So I'm better at it now and I'm still learning, but I'm better at it now. And that's good. We're all growing and we all can learn something every single day. Um, no matter how much class we take, no matter how much people we see, there's room for growth. There's room to learn. Something different is going to come across our table that we never saw before. But as long as you are there and you put that person in best interest before you, meaning that you let them control their life and you are not trying to take control of their life, make them the gender and realizing that when they come to you, they come to you first just to talk. And they're looking, they more like want to brainstorm with you. And the best thing we can do for them, and you know that too, is to help them with the safety plan when we first meet them. Now, now that you know about safety plan, did how, when you were leaving, did the word safety plan cross your mind? <laughs> no, I don't know anything about safety plan. I knew how best to keep myself safe. And that was knowing their actions as well as my own, knowing what, finances I have to make different moves here or there, you know, those types of things. 
And I was, and I did find, I had a support system once I opened my mouth mm -hmm. and was able to share. Mm -hmm. Even though they already knew they were waiting on me. Yeah, because they can't do anything without you. You have to yeah. be able to. And they knew that, you know, because it obviously wasn't the first time. And then just it ended, you know, and that's it's common. It, it, it's very common and it's not. Unfortunately, people don't leave that first time. So people can get frustrated and think they're crying wolf, but they're not. It's it's a mind thing. It's a heart thing. It's all of those different things, financial thing. There's a lot more to it than meets the eye. Yes. And one thing that I want to mention is I asked you about safety plan and you said you knew your abuser behavior and your financial situation. And that's one of the things when we talk to people about safety plan, we always tell them you already have one. You already have one. We just need to help you to organize it because the best person to put the plan together, the person who's in the situation, because we have to go by when is the time for you to leave based on that person's behavior. We're not trying to trigger anything. What do you have saved? You know, all the things you think of normally when you're thinking about leaving, that is your safety plan. But what's what the advocate do is put it more streamlined, put it together for you a little more organized. And I like certain things for you. So you see, ah, okay. You know what I mean? We make it more visible and give it a name. Yep. Exactly. And, and yeah. important. And I have to bring that up because so many people don't realize when you start thinking like that, you might not be in a good situation. If you're thinking to yourself, okay, I got to be careful. I can't get him mad. Okay, I want to leave some days, but I have to make sure I have it. But you start plotting like that to yourself. Yeah, that's that's your red flag. There's a good chance that you're not in a very healthy situation. And obviously you might find it somewhat threatening to your well-being, else you wouldn't be thinking in that manner, plotting in that way. And, and that's important to highlight. So obviously you left that person and you're here in one piece and healthy to tell your story. And, you know, I'm glad you share. And I'd like to let people know this podcast is for survivors to share the story in any capacity they want. And that's what makes it important because the detail of nitty gritty doesn't really help somebody else. It could be traumatized, it could be triggering, but it's the understand the fundamental of identifying when you're when you realize you're in one, the thought process that you went through when you acknowledge and how the thought process worked to get you out. Those are the things we want to bring to life so people can realize, am I going through the same process? Are these things happening to me? And let me take a page from this young lady book and, and you know, take a few lines from her, what she did and try it. Exactly. And so when you got away, did he follow you or you were able to leave clean? You know, it was very strange. You know, I would go to dinner or whatever with my sister and we'd look up and there he was. Um, we'd go, we'd leave mm -hmm. and there he was again. Um, but after that, I still haven't seen that person face to face Thank God. living in the same city, which is very, I'm grateful of that. 
they were very stalkerish and just, yeah, they did a lot of weird stalker things. Um, at one point I was doing an event and it just so happened they were doing an event on the same day, but it, for whatever reason, they didn't show up. And it was, that was very strange mm -hmm. and very triggering and a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. This person has, they wrote a book about domestic violence. What? And yeah, it was, you know, there's been some really hurtful things. Um, they knew a lot of the people that I knew mm -hmm. and was kind of like this knight in shining armor for uh, these other ladies, survivors that I know. We were literally, we worked on some events together as survivors. We were called the Survivor Five for a minute. And I'm like, they wrote books with him and different things. And I'm like, you know, it just, it took a lot for me. I had to just distance myself. And I went through a lot of pain, you know, thinking it's friendships and different things like that. And then, you know, I don't know if they didn't believe me. And it's not often that you run around and identify who abused you or this, that, and the other. But in these instances, I was afraid mm -hmm. and I did identify who that person was because I don't want to bump into them mm -hmm. or have anything to do with that person. So that was very, that was a rough time because it was the beginning of my healing process. Okay, so you, you know, wrote a book and you connected with the same people, the group that you were in. Yeah, they wrote a book and like we're one morning I'm like, I'm listening to one of my sister survivors or whatever. She had a radio show called Speak Your Peace or something like that. We won't get into that. Yeah, but we it was yeah, we won't get into that. But the um she had a radio show. This is years ago, and they were a guest on the show raising okay. funds for domestic violence. And that's a little And I call her and I'm like, you know, I, it was just so triggering for me and upsetting and disrespectful. Like this is, you know, this is serious. This is not a game. This, this is serious. And it's that's very serious. That's scary though, because, and it's important that you put that out there because, you know, abusers, like a wolf coming in cheap clothing. They come in so many different ways to get close to women who are vulnerable who are in certain situation. And after abusing you to write a book about domestic violence, did he put himself as the abuser or as just a savior? I refuse to read the book. Yeah, I can't. And we won't you know, go there. I have no idea. I, I just can't do it. So okay. I leave that alone. I've done my own work you know i healing's a journey and you know there's good days bad days but yeah. i'm in a good place i feel good i'll be writing my own book you yeah. know started it and just dipping and dabbing a little bit but um no going backwards and getting upset or even just just that's just not part of me <laughs> you have the right to write whatever you want Mm -hmm. And just, you know, I don't even need to know about it, but I did, you know? Yeah. But and I think that was intentional. And I just, that kind of stuff is that, you know, it's just not, doesn't feel there. Well, you have to know what works for you. And if you know, going in that direction, 
is not going to be serving you, then you don't go there. No. Go there. You have to, once you get the situation, you have to learn to manage, manage yourself and managing yourself, meaning removing negative people out of that space, welcoming positivity and removing things that doesn't serve you well, an individual along to. So, and that's uh, where we are now. Yes. That's how we started Mahogany Cares. That's how I got certified as an advocate, just wanting to really know more about it and knowing there were these gaps. There was gaps. And I'm not saying I'm here to save everybody, this, that, the other, but I am here as a resource, support. If you, you know, you need help, I I will do my best to try to find some resources and we have resources to, to help you get through that. You know, and we know we're not here to judge. We're here to listen and support. And we just started a support group of empowerment and just, you know, sometimes um, you get to a point, yeah, you're done with that relationship and you need to be in a healthy space to start a new one. And I know a lot about that. I was not. So I've learned a lot along the way loving yourself oh I'll take myself on all kind of dates even now and I have a fiance but it's just I'm even loving myself I I'm a good person you know just knowing hey you're worthy I'm worthy of nice night out dinner yes I'll go to a concert I never did any of those things before so just building that up and having your own self-worth and self-love and what that looks like. Some of us have never had that our entire life. Or and this is finally, I'm at a place where I'm like, I'm pretty cool. I can hang out with myself and others. You know, you don't always have to have that validation or always be in a relationship. If you are, that's awesome. If it's healthy and you both are reciprocal and as much as possible, supportive. But if it's not, it's easier to recognize that when you feel worthy and have that self-love. You attract different. You you act different. You Everything's different. There's a sense of common. And I tell people also, when you love yourself, and that's why I teach a lot of women, self-love is important because when you love yourself, you make better decisions. Absolutely. come from a different place not a place of need or validation but a self of what's gonna work for me what is good for me what is healthy what makes me strive and be successful in whatever space i need to be in and so give people your website please yes um name of the organization nonprofit in milwaukee wisconsin but we are trying to reach the nation we're trying to reach anybody possible uh, Mahogany Cares Foundation Inc. Our website is mahoganycares.org. This October, we are launching a campaign called Survivor Like Me. We are asking survivors to just join us and we'll be doing a collection of videos. We want to get to 100 of survivors up to two minutes. We got we, up to two minutes. But sharing a little bit of the story and more importantly, sharing what successes and what things they've been doing since that are positive and that are lifting, encouraging others. 
that they can do it too. Survivor Like Me is just a campaign to save lives. Our story, your story, my, my story, your story, our stories is a collective of, yeah, they're not exactly the same, but somebody may relate to yours, somebody related to mine, somebody may relate to both, but if we're not telling each other, we're not hearing positivity, we're not healing. Yes. We need to be going forward. And part of healing and growth is reaching back and helping others. Yes. Once we know we need to share. Yes, sharing is caring. And it's so important because sharing is knowledge. And when we share the knowledge and what we have been through, somebody takes it or takes it <clears> the next step. And exactly. thank you very much, my dear. It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. I've learned so much about you. I know we were there at the conference together and we spoke a lot of things, but I think we're both so in awe of the, all the things and people there and the knowledge and all we were gathering. And I love that so much, but it was nice to sit down with you and get an understanding of where you're coming from and where you are today. So. Ladies and gentlemen out there, we're going to do our close out. We're wrapping it up now. So remember, self-love and self-care with positive affirmation is feeding one soul, body, mind, and spirit. Remember, you are worthy of all good things that comes your way. And with that being said, my podcast will drop twice a month, every other week. Um, you can find me on Facebook under self all caps, Ackermint, Survivor, Empower, Life Coach Financial. You can find me on Instagram under self, Transitioning Life Coach. You can find me on Twitter, same thing, Self, Transitioning Life Coach. Um, I just, I have a pod, um, a YouTube channel I just started recently. And that is called the same thing, Self, Survivor, you know, empowering life coach. And with that YouTube channel, it's more about self-advocate, self-preservation, positive thing, talking about lift, uplifting women, men, people uplifting themselves and challenging themselves to grow. And all I want to say, thank you, everyone. Take the time to go back and listen to the various episodes because there is nuggets in all of them, nuggets in all of them. So once again, we want to thank our guests, Serena, um, it's a pleasure to have you. And I hope to do other things with you coming up. And um, I will definitely be participating in your October event. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And I will definitely put you out there on the page. So with everyone, I just want to say good night. Thank you.